You're listening to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Empowerment in business and life. Welcome to the Womanpreneur Podcast. I am Amanda McEwen. And this is the lovely Melissa Motes. Hello. And I'm actually going to read an official introduction today because I'm so excited about our special guest that we have on. So here it comes, my professional intro. Our guest today is a lifelong Las Vegan, and she's been changing lives in Las Vegas for over 30 years. She's known as the Zen speaker, a public speaking coach to many. Amy uses her voice as a champion for the greater good, advocating and supporting neglected children, victims of sex trafficking, and in February 2013, She testified before the Nevada State Assembly and Senate using her personal survivor story in support of Assembly Bill 67, which increased increased penalties for those convicted of sex trafficking, helping people get to the heart of their own personal stories and then guiding them and shaping those stories through the art of public speaking is just one of Amy's many gifts. It gives us great pleasure to welcome one of the most courageous women I know to our podcast, my dear friend and mentor, Amy Ayub. Hi, Amy. That was our applause. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We'll 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 put that in there. Sound effects, the whole bit. Yes. Love it. How are you? Dandy. Yeah. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. We uh, we talked a little bit before having you as a guest on about what kind of a theme that we wanted to do today. And you said a, a word just kind of rang through for you. And what was that word? Courage. Courage. Yeah. So I think we're going to spend some time visiting courage and what courage means to you, what it means to each of us, and just kind of go with it. What do you think? I love it. And the reason I thought of that, there's lots of reasons, but one reason that that came up for me is it's a word that I've changed how I feel about it, that years ago, before I spoke up and testified, there's a lot of things that I separate before testimony and after testimony because it changed me so much. And before that, I wasn't comfortable with the word brave or courageous. So people would often use that. We use it with each other, right? We'll say, they would say, oh, you're so courageous to start your own business. You're so courageous to take that leadership role. I'm afraid to speak and you're getting up to speak. Mm -hmm. You're so courageous. And I would always feel like a fraud Mm -hmm. and and hear the words in my head if they only knew because I was carrying something that was shameful to me. And I've, I've learned that I wasn't alone, that most people have something. And it doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be something that you would testify Mm -hmm. for, but it's something personally that you're shame that you feel shame about. And it changes how we move in the world. Mm -hmm. And so since then, when I testified and people said I was courageous, I could say in my head, like, damn right. (laughs) (laughs) And I think what helped me the most really take this word in and embrace this word was Brene Brown, Mm, who is an author and a researcher, an expert on shame and vulnerability. And she talks about courage. First of all, she explained, which I hadn't known before, that it's from a Latin word meaning core, which means heart. And that the origin of it was um, speaking your truth speaking all of your truths from your heart. Mm-hmm. So when most of us think of the word courageous now, it's very dramatic. It's saving a life. Mm-hmm. You're running into a building that's on fire or saving somebody that's drowning. That's what's brave and courageous. When every, we have that everyday courage. And what, what she says is that that dramatic definition of it doesn't recognize the inner strength and the level of commitment it takes to speak about ourselves honestly mm. and about our experiences. Yeah. And that that's really everyday courage. Yeah. So when it's really has changed my coaching, even because I want people to be able to feel that for themselves, because I know from a personal experience that 
a thousand people could tell me I'm courageous, but until I feel that I did something, right? right. We, we know it. We need to feel it. Yeah. And when we're speaking and telling a story in a way that we're still protecting ourselves, right? right that it doesn't feel good. Yeah. It's a whole different feeling. Just freeing to just let it all hang out, right. whatever it is that you need to, to say or to share for yourself and for others. I always think that the most courageous people are the ones who are vulnerable. Because that, I mean, vulnerability to me is the hardest thing in the world. I, I want to portray the best side of me to everyone and I deal with all the other things internally. But then I see people who are, I consider brave, they share their stories and people really relate to that. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the thing that I think we need to remember is that we all have a lot of internal mess going on, but so does everybody else. And sometimes it takes one person to speak out about something and then somebody else connects and it helps open up this whole new world for a lot of different people. Right. But it's still ridiculously scary right. to, you know, to share, to share your, you know, yourself, like your real true self with people. It's, it's very scary. Yeah, I don't think there is courage without mm -hmm. vulnerability. Right. That, yeah. is, that is courage. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing um, what you sent to It's us. a little bit of what I said, but I'll read yeah, Brene I'd Brown's. Love to, yeah. I'd love to hear this, it. So this is Brene Brown's bit on courage connected to the heart. Courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart. I just love that <sighs> definition. <laughs> to speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today we typically associate courage with heroic and brave deeds. But in my opinion, Brene's pin, this definition fails to recognize that inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences, good and bad. Speaking from our hearts is what I think of as ordinary courage. Mm. I love that. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. that. Right. Life <laughs> drop. There's yeah. times, I it makes me think of this time that I was with a, a friend and his friend who I also knew, but not as well. And we were in a restaurant and he started, he made a racist comment mm -hmm. about a server. And I said, don't, you can't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> and the, and he's told like a lot of people, in that situation do they say something else again mm -hmm. they, you know oh i'm gonna make but i'm just being funny mm -hmm. and it's like no it's not funny <laughs> it says so much about you mm -hmm. and so much about you that i don't want to give any of my energy to you or spend any of my time with you mm -hmm. and so i'm leaving goodbye to my friend and i walked away and his mouth was actually open and my friend said i knew that that wasn't going to be good <laughs> so he said something but i was like mm -hmm. that was amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and I hadn't, I don't remember doing that so overtly right. before. What oh. I would normally do is make an exit mm -hmm. or just never talk to that person right. again or talk about that person, mm -hmm. how terrible yeah. they were and not say something. Mm -hmm. And it's those times that we can speak up, n not screaming, not yelling, mm -hmm. not just, that's not okay, right. not acceptable. Mm -hmm. so, and it's, it's, if you think about moments like that, I think everybody, well, not, I didn't have those moments before, like I said, right. but when you have those moments and you, I think it happens a lot, maybe with our family where we wouldn't right. stick up for ourselves. Right. But if somebody said something about our family or yeah. somebody else we loved, we would. When we learn to make ourselves that important and then speak up for ourselves. I knew I liked you. <laughs> I know I just met you, but it, that, you know, I tell people that all the time. It's, there's so many people and being loving and caring that not a bad thing at all. But if you do that for everybody else, who's doing it for you? Right. And a lot of people have the hardest time being kind to themselves. And I, I guess that does take a level of courage to stand up. I mean, sometimes we have to cut people out of our lives, you know, that we, we care about and we love them, but they're not the right energy for us. And it's, you know, they're gonna bring us down somehow and we're probably not the right people for them either. But it's, it can be very scary, you know, if it's a lifelong friend or it's a family member, you know, where you think you have this bond that you, you're not allowed to break. Right. But I feel like most of the time when somebody steps up and makes that step, it's met with an instant feeling of relief. And then you move on stronger because, you know, now like your energy isn't being taken away in some negative place. 
It, it, that's the word loyal that mm. messes us up so much, right? Right. We're taught that's the word. You have to be loyal. Are you mm. loyal? Is that a loyal friend? Mm-hmm. Am I a loyal friend? You have to be a loyal friend. He's not a loyal friend. <laughs> <laughs> loyal, loyal, loyal. And I read one time there was a teacher and an author named Debbie Ford. She passed away. She's a wonderful trainer and really has some great books. And in one of her newsletters, one time she wrote about loyalty and she said, it's amazing what we cling on to it like a badge of honor. And I'm a loyal friend. And all the time we're being loyal to those people, we're being disloyal to ourselves. Right. <laughs> and it wow. just hit me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's be loyal to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then who, then we can be loyal Let in, loyalty in a healthy begin way. There, right? yeah. well, people are so scared of being perceived as selfish. Mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, my whole life, I've always said, I have to take care of me first. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person that will be with me my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's my responsibility to make sure that I'm okay. That doesn't mean that I don't care about anybody else. Mm-hmm. It just means that I, I have to protect myself in order to be of any use to anybody else. Right. But that, you know, especially when, you know, I think as people get older it becomes easier but when I was younger people are like well that's pretty selfish don't you think mm-hmm. and it's like no or or if it is I'm not apologizing for it like, <laughs> you know that's that's just that's how I'm gonna be it's wonderful that you knew that thank you so young because yeah people mm-hmm. don't it's one of the hardest thing for a lot of people to grasp and they yeah. think that they're being these wonderful things to somebody right. else but you can't know how to do that if you haven't done it for yourself right yeah, yeah I was thinking too as you girls were just talking about um, courage just in so many different senses of the word. But I mean, some, for some people, it takes courage just to get out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, um, just um, overcoming grief or dealing with depression or, you know, it's so many different things. And another thing that popped into my head when you were talking was the song by John Mayer, Say What You Need to Say, <laughs> you know, um, say what you need to say. And it's one of those Did things. Did you say the whole thing? Right? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, anyone have a guitar bill? Hold on. But it's one of those things where it, it does take so much courage to say what you need to say, but saying what you needed to say in the instance you described, it's like, it's empowering. So empowering. Because you were really honest with yourself and you, you know, and you said what you had to say to that person, you set that clear boundary and, um, you know, and that, that's very courageous. And it feels so good because it doesn't feel good to let things go mm-hmm. that are, are negative and toxic and like, yeah. it's not okay. And to yeah. walk away, I wouldn't feel the times I did that. I didn't feel good about myself. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing how we're taught, be polite, don't, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't, don't say, say anything. anything I never all. talk, right? <laughs> 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 it be hard to critique, but, <laughs> no. but you can say, that's the thing, it's like, what, what's negative? Is the truth negative? Is, mm-hmm. you know, right. trying to help you have some awareness? Is that negative? No, Yeah, and some so people don't know. Saying, I mean, you probably really made that person stop in their tracks and think Mm -hmm. and maybe no one had ever called that Mm -hmm. person out before and wow Mm -hmm. what a big pill to swallow and you know and that's what you can usually when you do that and bring some awareness that even if it's not for the right reasons Mm -hmm. maybe they at least be scared to say something not knowing if they're going to be called out again right right? yeah what they have to touch on in the definition that Renee has where they talk about speaking from the heart Mm -hmm. I think that's in my in my speaking classes, I noticed that that's kind of a phrase that has different meanings. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people will say, I didn't practice, I didn't prepare my speech, mm-hmm. I'm just going to speak from my heart. And so, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> You're not going to be happy you said that to me. Right. <laughs> the, because, uh, the difference, so what they really mean when they say that is I'm not preparing Mm. and I'm going to speak extemporaneously. The message they're giving people is saying, if you prepare, you're not speaking from your heart, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely not true. A lot of times it's even more deeply from your heart Mm -hmm. because you have the time to sort through some emotions that aren't the real emotion, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And get through some of the fear that's there and say it in a way that really is your heart. So I think that's important to know because somebody can listen to Brene Brown's fabulous quote and go, see, I speak from my heart. I just always <laughs> speak. Right. That, that's not what it means. Right. It's honestly from... It's more being, raw. So raw. Unedited. Yeah. 
because yes. that's one thing I've learned so much from you. I've enjoyed taking your your classes mm -hmm. and you're such a great mentor in so many ways, not just as, I mean, you're a fantastic speaking coach. I mean, that you are, I've learned just so much in that regard, but Thank you. you you help people learn about themselves. You help people look deeper and, um, it's okay to to really get to the heart of your story into that vulnerable place mm -hmm. to find the courage to mm -hmm. tap into the courage and you are really good at helping us um edit what we need to edit that's important to edit but also to make sure we get to that rawness mm -hmm. to that realness and that we all have a story that's one of the biggest things i've taken away from um coming to your classes is everyone has a story everyone has stories many right. of them right. and that everyone learns from other people's experiences and journeys and mistakes and fears and you know accomplishments and everything in between and just sitting and listening to so many people tap into their stories mm -hmm. but you your superpower of helping them pull their truth out and not to be afraid of their truth mm -hmm. is what I love to watch. There's so much magic that you work and you. um, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. And I love it. And it's, it's just, it's so, it's just beautiful to watch. And I, I think knowing the, what it did for me mm -hmm. in, in different stages in my life, but yeah. certainly at the testimony and since then to be able to speak about something that I thought was going to ruin my life, mm -hmm. people found out that I had been yeah. trafficked and I didn't have those words for it at that time. Right. It sounds a lot better. It sounds less shameful to say I was trafficked. What mm -hmm. we feel is that we put ourselves in that position, that we made these choices that put right. us there, right. that you know, we, we're this terrible person. And that shame has just carried and the more we're quiet mm -hmm. about, the longer we're quiet, the more the shame builds. So to be able to speak that and know everything I feared was the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. That was where I, I thought I'd be shunned. <laughs> Certainly in my career as a, fun, as a political fundraiser, I did not feel that I could reveal that yeah. without losing my career. Mm -hmm. Was there a moment that where it kind of clicked in you? Like, how did you find the courage to, to speak out about that, to kind of say, you know, I, I feel shame about this, but I, I need to be vocal. I need to share my story. A couple steps, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2007, and I knew at that time, instead of thinking of the physical parts of it, and they got it early and mm -hmm. I had a lumpectomy, um, so I was lucky that way, but even before I knew that that was going to happen, it hit me more instead of physically, it helped hit me spiritually and emotionally, mm -hmm. and I thought, of course I have cancer, because I'm this yeah. horrible person, and I free wrote I talk about this in the documentary, right? I was doing some free writing and it just came out, you know, they're going to open me up and it's going to be pure black inside and it's all going to be cancer and because I'm horrible, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And then, so I knew I would have to get this out, but mm -hmm. I had no, that's all I thought, right? So a therapist suggested that I just start writing because I had never told, even the people that did know that part of my life, I'd never told them the bad part. Mm -hmm. I just made them feel like, it was okay. It was my choice. I, you right? just kind of brushed just it off. Just took it. Like, took the responsibility. We do yeah. that, right? It's a survivor yeah. uh, technique, I right. guess. And just buried all the negative about it. And so I started writing those stories and some of the violence and everything that I had not thought of even for all those years. So that was a step. And then in 2008, I read a story about a girl whose pimp killed her. Mm. And she was 17, which is the age I was at when I got into that life. And I just felt, I honestly felt like I was reading about myself. Mm -hmm. Like one little thing go different, that would have been me. Why wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And the guilt came over me. Could I save those kind of people by speaking up? Those, right. uh, those other victims, could I have saved her? Which is a crazy, you know, like the ego gets crazy. <laughs> I could save the world. But it goes extreme the other way. But it just moved me. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to do something and speak up. The, but it was from guilt. Right. The, it still took me four years. So that was 2008. I spoke a little bit about it at Caliani Youth Center, which is the te detention center uh, in Caliani, Nevada, at, for juveniles. Mm -hmm. And I had graduated from there. I had been in that facility. And they asked me to speak at a uh, anniversary celebration they had, not knowing that part of my story. Mm -hmm. 
So I did touch on it at that. And then right after that is when I shared my story with the attorney general at the time, who was my friend, Catherine Cortez Masco, because I knew she was, she had this bill that she was trying mm-hmm. to get passed. And I had felt guilty hearing her talk about that and not right. stepping up. So then I said, if I can help in any way, talk to any of the legislators or anything, I would do that. And so she came a couple of weeks later. So you could do more than speak to a couple <laughs> if you'll testify with me. Yeah. And I said, yes, but it was that. It was really Nicole Elizabeth Yegi whose mm-hmm. uh, life, I, her death, you know, kind of moved me to be able to find my freedom. Right. And that's what moved me to do it. And I knew, you know, some people ask me now, now that you know you were received with such love and support and the freedom that you feel, are you, now do you regret not speaking sooner? But I don't, because right. I knew at that moment that that was where, that's mm-hmm. why I had waited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that I had built a life that included political campaigns and political fundraising, that I knew those people, mm-hmm. that I had worked on a lot of their campaigns. Mm-hmm. They listened to me in a way that they wouldn't have listened to another survivor, that yeah, they didn't yeah. know and that hadn't built a life was, outside of that so dramatically yeah. and been active in the community. It's like divine timing. Oh, yeah. Timing is yeah. everything, always, mm-hmm. if, if, if you let it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, uh, I, I think knowing that you, like, you talked about this in the documentary, and I, I wanted to touch on that too quickly, if yeah. you didn't yeah. mind. Um, there was a documentary put together. Um, what was the name of the documentary again? The Zen Speaker Breaking the Breaking Silence. Breaking the Silence. And Robin yes. Greenspun Robin is the director and creator Greenspun of that. Robin Greenspun did a beautiful job. I, I, when I went to see the screening of it, I was just so in awe of your courage and your strength and um, everything that, just your whole story and the timing of everything mm-hmm. and the way that the timing, the timing was just such a big part of yes. this your your story and um, your ability to help impact so many lives. And I I was sitting behind you, and I just I was before knowing all of this about your 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 story and, and your past and your journey. I I loved and respected you so much, and but after just seeing it all the way that it was put together. I just, I was just purely in awe of you and your strength and what a loving heart you have. And you. you're, you're welcome. And I just, today, I felt like such a huge responsibility in my own personal way of having you on as a guest because uh, it's hard to put into words when there are people in your lives who really mean a lot to you, it gets mm-hmm. me choked up. But um, you just, you mean so much to me. And I, I wanted to really be able to, express that during this and I didn't know how to to do that so I'm you I'm doing do it. You, <laughs> you can sing it <laughs> I'm always trying to get her to sing <laughs> it's our guest <laughs> our guest once yeah, so I love it so but I love yeah I love you too and um I just you've helped so many people in so many different ways and um it's just I I'm just really thankful that you're here and in sh- sharing you. your your story and your journey with so many people so well speaking of the documentary it's there was such a freedom that came when i testified but there was still stuff remaining yeah even the details like uh, people wanted to know details and i was uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with that the because it's not as you saw it wasn't this clear-cut life yeah it wasn't just one day this happened and That's how I got in the life. It was this man did this and this man Mm -hmm. entered my life this. And then this, it was so convoluted that it made me, and memories of people who have been through any trauma are often muddled. The traumatologist who's in the movie, there's a traumatologist, she's called, she's a forensic traumatologist. Mm -hmm. The only one in Nevada is Dr. Halesa Digsaday. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how when there's a victim that's going to testify in court, she sometimes has to work with them up to a year or wow. sometimes more to help them get that timeline so that when attorneys are shooting those mm-hmm. questions, they don't look like they're lying or that they can't remember dates. And so it's not true. And you've seen people speaking up and then saying, I don't remember that exact date. They remember that traumatic event mm-hmm. very yeah. clearly, they, right. right? But they don't remember that. So people can say they're lying about other right. things because how can they not remember? <laughs> but that, so those things bothered me. Right. The, 
the fact that I was 17 instead of 15 or 14 bothered me because it's easier for people to feel sorry mm. for the for, for that. And I didn't always say the age. It was I was a teenager. Right. Mm. And it was so silly, right? <laughs> you come out with this big thing and then you have you still have these secrets. What we do yeah. to ourselves is amazing. Our, our, our inner narrative. Yeah. 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 So for with through this documentary, I was able to just say go through those very laboriously, right? I mean, there are days of interviews that Robin conducted with me to go through that and then she patched it mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. had to come back and ask me some questions that we figured out how she could help explain that timeline sure but it wasn't all on me and the so all the you know those things have just been there's a level of freedom that I don't know I don't think there's anything left it's like uh, anything else to confess here I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) but you know part two (laughs) breaking the silence again (laughs) but the it's a it's amazing because it was like a spiritual journey mm, yeah. to go through this documentary experience. It was nothing I had thought of doing or anything. And if anybody other than Robin had asked me to do it, I would have said no, because I've seen a lot of the documentaries people have done and they're there. That's mm. the same, you know, there's nothing new in that area <laughs> as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned to, that I could add. And it's not the only part of my life. Right. right? So her whole view of it and being interested in telling my life story and mm-hmm. she was most interested in what I was doing now mm-hmm. needed to mm-hmm. explain that part to explain you know everything in my life right. and, and to explain the the power of it mm-hmm. but she, she I knew that she was honestly more interested in now mm-hmm. and that made all the difference of me saying Yes, yeah. and so I got to sit back, trust somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not often. And marriage is <laughs> probably a big, big deal. Big deal, but yeah, I could trust her. And then mm-hmm. I didn't even ask her. I didn't know till the end. Even I had no idea what it was going to look like, you know, mm-hmm. what it like. I kept saying, "Who cares? Like, what's the point right. of this?" She's mm, stick around. Yeah. <laughs> so she she had this vision, but for me, there were, it's little things, right? Mm-hmm. That a documentary meant. People were going to see me on screen all the time. And so I kept putting off when mm-hmm. she, I had her interview other people. I'd come up with other people, more people. <laughs> no, 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 you need Because I was sure I was going to lose 100 pounds before I got on film, right? <laughs> so I started gaining weight from the stress. I thought, I better do this now. <laughs> and so I let go, had to let go of that, right. and which was a huge thing for me to mm-hmm. let go. It's like, this is me. They know what I, you know, people looking, that's what mm-hmm. it is. And those things that we stop and, and stop ourselves from experiences because of our self-criticism. The other thing was being a speaking coach often would almost paralyze me because I have to do this perfectly is what I thought. So that first started when I testified. It's like, I'm going to tell this huge, shameful secret in front of the legislature and I have to do it perfectly and articulate, you know, right. right, which is what people in my class do that I tell them not to do. Right. <laughs> so I, like, I, I felt so your... sorry for my students that, <laughs> during that time. Of... Oh, I really connected with my students because right. oh, everything they say that I just don't say that, I was saying. It's yeah. always hardest to follow your own right. life. Yeah, like, exactly. You can tell we somebody teach, else right. what they need to do. But we teach to... what we most need to learn. Right. Right. And uh. so they... To be able to do that, if you see my testimony, mm-hmm. I'm everything but <laughs> articulate, right? The emotion was there. The mm-hmm. fear was mm-hmm. palpable. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did with the documentary. Mm-hmm. There was never a time I asked her not to put something or can I do that over. There were times she might ask me to retell a story to make it more concise, mm-hmm. or something like that. But mm-hmm. there was none of that, so it was raw. Yeah. And that's when we can get there. And that's what I want for my students. Mm-hmm. When it's okay, whatever your truth is, is yeah. mm-hmm. what is going to help us tap into ours. Yeah. And we put so much pressure on ourselves. Like even just listening to you, like you know, you know what you're able to teach your students right. about doing. <laughs> but then when it's us, it's you know, even us with this podcast or right. anything that's out of our comfort zone. There's a lot of internal dialogue going right. on there, saying, you know, that's you know, suddenly, con- suddenly you're concerned about what other people think. You're right. like, don't worry about what other people think, but that's all you care about inside. Right. You know, and it, it's one of those things that it's accepting everything that's happened. And I always say, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today had I not gone through X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So same as you, I don't regret 
anything because it's all about timing, but it's also being open to learning the lesson from those hardships as you go instead of just repressing it and just saying, oh, this thing happened to me and now I'm going to be a victim forever. And mm-hmm. a lot of people really struggle to get out of that place and to find the the courage to, you know, turn that negative experience into something that either, you know, helps yourself or helps other people, especially. Mm-hmm. I just really admire that you were able to find that. And, and, and now that you're using your experience to help other people in such a way, you know, I've heard Melissa rave about you for a while, but, you know, how, without giving away all your secrets, like how, how do you get people to open up and allow themselves to be more vulnerable and, and to share their truths? I think it's different with a lot with different people, mm-hmm. but one is sharing myself. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm not telling that part of my story or something that I'm just honest in our conversations mm-hmm. and that they can tell it's me and my natural humor will come out, you like that or not, right? <laughs> the, just be natural. Yeah. And so that helps just modeling, mm-hmm. being honest and being comfortable with yourself, but also creating a safe place. It's one thing to say, oh, you can say anything, but mm-hmm. they have to be able to feel it. And I think that's having everybody agree to confidentiality, mm-hmm. but supporting it in everything you do and say. And when somebody's really emotional that you, you don't have to do this. I always tell people they don't have to speak. They could go through my whole course and never speak. Mm-hmm. It would be silly to pay for a speaking course <laughs> and not speak, I think. <laughs> but you can do it. I did have a person do that. And they still learned because they learned from mm-hmm. the other people, like yeah. you said, mm-hmm. too. So, but... What I've learned, it's so important to help them get in that space that they can at least share with that small group in that safe place. Doesn't mean that they ever have to speak about that. Mm -hmm. And I've had clients go, yeah, a lot happened to me, but I don't need to, I'm not going to speak about it. That's not, I'm not going to advocate for that Mm -hmm. issue. It's like, no, but it's blocking you from showing any of yourself. If you can get it out in a safe place, and it doesn't have to be in this group, it could be a therapist, it right. could be uh, somebody from your church, it could be a friend. Mm-hmm. But if you get that out, and that's happened, and I have some retreats sometimes, some writing mm-hmm. retreats, and there was one client that talked about business most of the time, or a group that she belonged to. She told very personal, very painful stories, and then she got she cried, and then she said, and I don't know why I'm doing this, because I'm never going to talk about this again. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. okay. And she didn't. But she told she gave a speech about something else, mm-hmm. and she told a personal, huge personal story, not about the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Just something personal that she had never done. She hadn't shown that bit of herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important for people to know. It's not, you know, because some people have apologized for not having a big trauma in their life. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to say. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You can have mine. But it's not that. It's just yeah. showing yourself, showing yeah. that vulnerability. Yeah. 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 No. And it, uh, like I said, it's, to me, it's so important that that's, you know, now that after the testimony, especially after the documentary, it's not, I don't necessarily want to talk about trafficking. There's mm-hmm. people that I would leave if somebody needs help or mm-hmm. wants to help, I could lead them places. Mm-hmm. But my purpose, I believe, mm-hmm. is to help others yeah. find the joy that's on the other side of shame. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you've, you've already lived out that part of your right. story. You, you, it came to its conclusion. Right you're able to put that behind you without oppressing it. It's more, yeah. you know, you, you dealt with it, you, it's, it's done, yeah. it's, it's over, move on, yeah. which I think and is And as much healthy. as I wanna help or support other people in it, it's not my mission, that's mm-hmm. not where my talents are, is right. in providing help or anything, mm-hmm. so I can lead people yeah. to that. Yeah, the yeah. other thing that's, that I think is important to know is that when I did speak, especially at Caliani, the first time I said anything, it was for me. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, you're helping yeah. so many people, or you're gonna help. It was like, mm, whatever, hope, you know, if so, good for me. But that is not, I, yeah. I felt like I was going to implode mm, yeah. if I didn't say it. Yeah. It was purely for me. And then I was able, like, okay, now. But I still never go out and say, I'm going to do this because if I just change one life, mm-hmm. I don't consciously say that. Right. Mm-hmm. I know it helps, but it's always for me. But, yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> is okay. it comes back to that yes. idea that you have to take care of yourself yes. first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we, we've said it before, but you know, you get on an airplane, first thing they tell you is in case of emergency, take care of your own oxygen mask first, and then you can help other people. Right. And it's right. the same, that like, that's kind of simplified, but it is that we each individual have to take care of ourselves first. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and we have to do things for ourselves and not worry about the stigma. Well, am I acting selfishly? And, you know, it's like, because again, even if that's selfish, okay, yeah. so that's fine. Then I'm selfish. <laughs> I'm going to own that and it's okay. I, after yeah. I testified, I had so many messages from people telling me for the first time, the, uh, revealing to me for the first time that they had been in that mm -hmm. life or that, that they had had a situation like that. Right. So that tells me that by sharing our story, mm -hmm. it helps others share mm -hmm. theirs. By yeah. getting rid of some of our shame, it gives somebody else the permission to mm -hmm. get rid of theirs. It just allows them. That right. it's, it's funny how it happens, but well, it does happen. And, and, you know, being selfish, I put mm -hmm. that in air quotes, but being <laughs> selfish allows you to be selfless mm -hmm. because, right. you know, you're now taken care of, but that does help other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many ways that you can inspire other people. But again, sometimes it's just one person mm -hmm. that might connect with something that you said. And they think, I've been through that too. Okay, I, I can be okay. I can move on from this or what, you know, whatever lesson has to come from it. Well, is it, you know, we say be authentic, mm -hmm. right? but very few people know what the authentic them is. Right. It takes a lot of work mm -hmm. to find that because we wear so many masks for yeah. so many reasons. Mm -hmm. We go, I am being authentic. I'm <laughs> telling it like it is. And yeah. It's like, no, you're putting up a lot of shields. Right. <laughs> you're really angry because yeah. you're so afraid and you're trying to yeah. cover that up. Right. right? So they, it's hard to, mm -hmm. to know that if you don't take the time and put the mm -hmm. effort in, what is that real, what is your heart mm -hmm. saying? I always say, you know, and it's not always the easiest or and some people don't agree, but I think you have to spend a lot of time alone mm -hmm. to figure out yeah. who you are, you know, yeah. and it doesn't mean that you have to isolate yourself and not have people in your life, but a lot of people look to others to fill whatever need they have instead of thinking, okay, well, is this something that is really true to me? Or, you know, is society telling me I need this? Or media, or, you know, is, is my friend telling me, you know, that this choice is not right? But, you know, when you know yourself really well, and a lot of, like, I do a lot of self-reflection. It's just my nature as an introvert, and I do spend a lot of time alone. But that that has helped me really nail down, like, who I am. So I know really quickly, not all of the time, it's never a, a per perfect science, but I'm able to tell quickly, this is not right for me, or maybe this is just out of my comfort zone, so I'm a little not sure, but I'm going to keep pushing because I, I feel like, you know, I'm challenging myself over here. But, you know, a lot of times I, I just see people that are, you know, they look for that validation and everywhere except for within. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know how to, <laughs> how, why that happens and why it's been easier for me maybe at some, some points, but. Well, for an extrovert's, like you said, mm -hmm. introvert, it's easier to be alone. But <laughs> so for extroverts like me, mm -hmm. it could be harder at first if you don't, you have yeah. to know, do I want this badly enough, mm -hmm. right? To learn meditation. And for me, I even started with guided meditations. Mm -hmm. And I think that for some, anybody that says mm -hmm. they can't meditate or I can't be still that long, it's like, no, you're running from something. You don't want to hear what that voice is. Yeah. But use guided meditations right. and that's more active. Mm -hmm. right? I'm always thinking about food whenever I try it. <laughs> it always comes back to like a sandwich or some random thing. It's like, okay, focus, focus, you could do it. So great. No, it's great to to take time to get quiet with yourself and to just really see what see what opens up, see what comes. But it's what, usually amazing that it's mm -hmm. different. That you know, I'm going to do this and that, and then you just get quiet. And, yeah, I, yeah, I don't have to make that call. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I don't have to have that right. fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. just taking that moment yes. really really helps a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. I was going to say too. One of the things that I I love. Um, when I'm studying with you is you're just a really great listener. You know, it's one of those things where you're, you're really listening and you make really good points and ask really good questions when someone's developing, you know, a speech or preparing a story they want to tell. You've been really good at helping me think differently about some, you know, through different eyes and a different perspective of something that I'm trying to express <laughs> and I'm struggling with how I want to get it across. And then you'll just say one thing or ask one question. And I'm like, Amy, <laughs> thank you. So I was going to ask, um, what's next on your agenda of Amy awesomeness? What are you, what are you up to? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm just starting to put together a workshop on listening. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> you should mention that. <laughs> you must be psychic too, because I didn't tell you that. You didn't. <laughs> because I see in my classes and in my life, 
yeah. the difference of when we're really listening yeah. and not. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, I do that. And mm-hmm. I recognize that I have that ability to mm-hmm. do that. I don't always do that in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a lot of people who were listening just to talk. Okay. So I'm just going to wait till Amanda shuts up so I can say, me too. I did that too. I did it <laughs> twice. And when I talk to people mm-hmm. about that, they go, well, yeah, but that's, I want to let them know that I feel them, that I, I really? know their experience. It's like, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> because it sounded like you took over the whole conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what happens. And it, you can honestly see people who are sharing from their heart and that they get interrupted like that. You can see them kind of cave in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, I finally opened up uh-huh. and they took it away. Yeah. Uh, and it's very it's hard to worst. get back. It's happened I'd, from me and it's happened to me. And yes. what happens uh, that then it's like, they'll go, but you were saying, and no, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. The trust is gone. The feeling yeah. of sharing is gone. So to learn to listen doesn't mean you can't share that, but they'll know. You don't have to have the that same, you know, I know what you feel because it happened to me. No. If you'll really listen, they'll know that you're feeling. Absolutely. Know. There's a saying that I don't remember the exact words. I put it on Instagram. It was my first Instagram post oh, the other day. Wow. <laughs> you're on Instagram now. I'm closer okay. to being in 2019. <laughs> and that it talks about that listening is makes the, a person feel the same way as love makes them feel. That, oh. it's, that listening, that being heard and being loved are so alike that they're obvi- that they're often indistinguishable. Oh wow. Yeah, and when I you, love that. And that's really if you hear if you or listen to somebody hears you, that's what it feels mm-hmm. like. That yeah. love. Right? It's and such an important thing, like because you know, I do business coaching and sometimes people think, well, oh, you can only then, you know, coach people in production or you can only coach people that have done what you've done. And it's like 90% of it is listening because mm-hmm. everybody has the answers inside. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just asking the right questions to help them bring it out. But, and you have to listen. And there, I've worked with, a, a, you know, different coaches and some of them do what you said. They just start kind of barking ideas mm-hmm. and they're not hearing me. Right. And I think, well, what am I spending all my time and my energy and my money for your help when you're not getting to know who I am? And you're, you're giving advice that's kind of blanket cookie cutter advice that, that doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you just listen to somebody, I mean, they're going to tell you mm-hmm. if, if you pay attention. <laughs> In my coaching, I feel like I hear what isn't being said. Mm-hmm. That, and I feel that that's helped me the most mm-hmm. when somebody, a coach or a therapist mm-hmm. or a friend has done that for me. I'm saying these things because it's the only way I can articulate it right now, Mm -hmm. or I think that's the way, it's a proper way to say it or the safe Mm -hmm. way to say it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that person's listening so much, they go, there's something more, that's not it. And that's when the real conversation can start. And -hmm. and sometimes you have to push a little bit, (laughs) you know, (laughs) kindly, not not forcefully, but encourage, you have to encourage them to, you know. I think too, in there. Or just letting them know, you know, there's more than that. Right. You can yeah. come back later. Yeah. You might not realize <laughs> it now. I'll be here when you come back. Right. But adding to the, the whole listening, the workshop around listening, mm. it's maybe helping people to become self-aware yes. um, that, you know, becoming a better listener, what that really means. And some people who are guilty of turning, you know, do, flipping the, the <laughs> whole conversation back into the me too, and right. I did that too, and the example you gave, I think a lot of people probably don't even realize that they're doing that. Right. And pointing it out is it being something that is, is it's not being a good listener. <laughs> it's not about your side of the story. It's about just sitting quietly with someone and really hearing every single word that they're sharing and just having that moment with them that they do know that they were heard. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about it being synonymous with being loved. Yeah. That's so, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> as you said it, I, I felt like yeah. this rush of love. <laughs> I was like, that's so beautiful. And usually people will tell you so much more than yeah. they were point than they would ever tell somebody else because of that because mm-hmm. you're listening there you're given that that real opportunity to feel that safe space yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah it's a part of communication that we don't mm-hmm. stress as much as we're going to just talk about talking right, <laughs> right. somebody has to listen <laughs> yeah the the the, the 
sender and the receiver equally involved. Right. You know, you have to be a good receiver right. as much as you are a good communicator, right. a sender. But it, you know, it, it works because I'm not much of a talker in general, which is, I know, ironic because we do a podcast now and that's all I do is talk. But it's, you know, it's, it is a trust thing for me. And it's not that I, you know, don't trust anybody and I don't come at people cautiously, but it's kind of like, until you give me that opening to let you know it's okay to share me with you, you're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. And then if there is somebody, you know, Melissa is a good example because she listens and she cares and she's very easy to talk to, but there's a trust there. I know that anything I tell her, there's no judgment, you know, and she's just going to be there to be supportive, help if I ask for it, but not giving advice that I didn't ask for unless, you know, there, there's just a, a true friendship there Respect, that is, is right? really rare because, you know, there's a lot of people have, have said like, well, you don't share enough of yourself and, you know, you're not on social media and you don't do all these things. It's like, you just have to ask me. And that's the thing. Like, if you're so busy talking that you just never ask me any questions about <laughs> me, of course, you're not going to get to know me. And, and that's okay. Like, I'm still going to listen to you, but... I, I'm a selective sharer and it, you kind of have to, you know, earn that, that, that trust in there. And then once then, then I don't shut up, so, <laughs> you know. But if you ever felt like that and trusted somebody mm -hmm. and then they interrupted or weren't really mm -hmm. listening, that would change, When right? When yeah. you said that, it, I mean, it, that's exactly what's happened because I, I have a good friend, you know, that, you know, I listen to a lot and try to help. And, you know, there have been times when I start to share something and I'm always cut off. And then in like later, oh, well, what were you saying? I was like, it, do it doesn't matter. I get, I've moved on and it's, it's that exact, like everything just closed. It's, you know, and, and that's fine. That's not what our friendship is going to be. And that's okay. You know, but yeah, it, it closes just as, as quickly. <laughs> Have you ever had people say, oh, I love Amanda. And you go, I didn't even say anything, right? They, I, love, right? You know, they, they talk nonstop. You listen. And I, so they I think have. she's the greatest. Yeah. I, I, I yes, have been, yeah. been uh, applauded for my listening skills. <laughs> so yes. And sometimes like I, I, I prefer to observe. Yeah. I, I get a lot of my information from observing other people. So it's, it's easy for me to, I don't want to be the center of attention introvert. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you and I are in a room, this is perfect because you're going to talk and you're going to want the attention and I'm going to sit back and listen to you and, Match made and it works. Yeah. I like it. And you can be there too, Melissa. Okay. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll try to do a good job at my part. You do, you you do both equally well. Thank you. I want to be a good receiver and a good sender. It's important to, to be balanced, I think. When you were talking about us working together and me listening, it reminded me of sometimes people write. So when you're preparing your speech and starting to write it out, write out your thoughts. We've talked about this. We write differently than we speak. Mm. And so that's sometimes where I would talk to you and say, but if you were just telling me about that, how would you say it? Right. right? Because sometimes it gets very flowery mm -hmm. or descriptive in a way that's beautiful to read, but to hear it doesn't sound authentic at right. all. It's not how you say it. Right. right? So sometimes it's those little mm -hmm. tweaks that just make the, a huge difference yeah, right? it, because you want it to be your voice, your speaking voice. Yeah. No, that doesn't mean the writing is wrong. It's just that's meant for writing. Yeah. But how different, would you say it? How would you say it in a conversational way? Right. Different way of expressing right. your your story and, and the way that you want it to be heard. But, um, well, I will say that I'm so grateful that you decided to come in and hang out with <laughs> us a little bit today. And, you know, this whole podcast journey for us has been a courageous one, I will say. We've been learning a lot, and uh, you're a person I've learned so much from, and I'm excited to kind of see the next chapter of the, the listening <laughs> workshop. I will be there <laughs> if you'll have me, and uh, I, I want to I improve that skill set. And, um, you can't come because you're going you're to show off there. Right, oh, right. She's such my listener. When I talk about the safe space I try to create in my classes, that's why it was so easy to say yes to you, too, because oh, it's a safe place. You're both, you just operate from respect. Thank you. You're, that's your way of being. And even though I just met you in person, everything that we've done over mm -hmm. email or yeah. any, any conversations we've had have shown that it's it's professional, yeah. but it's with love and respect. And, yeah. and it's not just that we tricked you into it. Well, kind of. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> tricked took advantage of it. the favor I asked, Maybe. but that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you have to leverage opportunities when they come your way. So. By the way, I love, too, that I've said that about on the documentary how 
you know, I came out being, okay, this is how I look. I'm not going to lose a hundred pounds before the documentary shows and all that. And that still, it still carries with me that, that I put you guys through a little hell today. Like, where am I going to sit? I don't want this side view, mm-hmm. but now I'm giving all the side views. <laughs> don't care, but I felt like confessing that, no. that because it's, it's important that we just recognize what we put ourselves uh-huh. through. I know. And, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so ridiculous it <laughs> sometimes, is. but it, it also helps me try and help other people because just like yeah. you said, we, we have to be aware of what we're doing and how it feels right. and yes. and if we can overcome it how we did that to share right? well, like I'm a producer so my job is to get other people comfortable in front of camera <laughs> I until this podcast you would never get me in front of a camera at all <laughs> I would tell people very adamantly no my place is behind the camera you go out there I'm going to make you happy and comfortable yep. but then when it came to this it was like eh, okay, <laughs> okay. and I still you know watching right. back talk about getting self-aware because you know we it, it's in a really good way because we I now I'm more aware of how I speak you know little catchphrases or you know comfort crutch, words crutch crutch words. words that I use <laughs> I make a lot of weird facial expressions and I can't do anything about that but it's like okay well there it is I have to accept that about me and it, it's okay but it's okay yeah thank it's you it's being authentic yeah you know we are all perfectly who we are yeah. and you know just embrace it we're waiting for your next keynote speech, too. Just thought mm. I'd mention that well, on the air in front of witnesses. <laughs> well, I, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm going to be very courageous and, uh, you know, continue working on that and reveal it to you soon. <laughs> Can you translate what she really meant there? You know her well. Did you? Did you okay, Amy, I'm working on it. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's definitely a work in progress. And thank you for, for reminding me. You, you have so much to share that it's always different than how we've heard it before. So yeah. I encourage you. To continue. <laughs> and I am receiving that with love. And, and I, I am I am really excited though for, for my unveiling of what I've been kind of chipping away great. at behind the scenes. So thanks for being a great mentor <laughs> to me. I like so it when you put on the nag. No, I love it. I do love it. It's, it's funny because I, you know, I mentor a lot of people in voice acting and I love, I just, I love, a lot of people refer to me as, you know, Mama VO, Mama VoiceOver, but I have my mama, right. you know, <laughs> my mama Amy. <laughs> we all have, it's so important to have someone that's always, you know, helping you and, and guiding you and inspiring you, so. And reminding you how brilliant and, you are. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And thank you. your brilliance, thank you for sharing it with us today. I think that was courageous you. for you to come and join us. But, you. you know, hopefully some of our listeners and viewers out there are now inspired to, you know, tell their own truths or what, you know, maybe just take one step towards, you know, being more authentic. Absolutely. And realizing how they are courageous. Right. Yeah. Every day. Every day you speak from your heart, you're courageous. Thanks for watching and listening. Thanks for tuning into the Womanpreneur podcast. Until next time, you've got this.